Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 84 Benny the Donut Watchman. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast. That helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwelge, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Beth May's table in the Levitating Platter. Hello everyone! And welcome to another exciting episode of Sidekicks and SideQuests, the best unofficial Dungeons & Dragons podcast, in my humbly biased opinion. I would like to go ahead and give a shout out to our first sponsor, Plus One EXP. Tony Vicinda is the mastermind behind his mastercraft of beard balms, game design, and community building. He's got a beard balm named after all the basic stats from D&D, so get a can. Apply it to your face and smell the sweet aroma and the sweet victory that comes along with increased strength, dexterity, charisma, and more. Beards and Beyond is the indie RPG that helped to launch this brand, but Tony's collaborated and developed several other projects, including Repugnant, Eye Toaster, Down We Go, Through the Void, Vamp Nebula, and Brand Standing. If you support Plus One EXP either by going to their website and buying something or going to the itch page, tonyplus1.itch.io, it all helps funnel into the Plus One Forward program, which seeks to support additional indie tabletop content creators to continue making awesome stuff. I'd highly encourage you to follow Tony and Plus One on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, in order to keep up with all the various projects that are being worked on, as well as upcoming interviews, one-shots, and actual plays of some of these amazing games. If you don't mind, please go to Plus One EXP, use my affiliate code Randolph when you're buying a Beard Balm or a Beard RPG in order to get some savings on your purchase at no extra cost to you. Again, that code is Randolph at checkout on the website, plus1exp.com. I've got a wonderful guest here today with me, kind of a bit of a celebrity, I might say, um, <laughs> that I remember name dropping specifically when I was on a podcast called Roll for Persuasion, but I'll go ahead and stall no longer. Hello, mystery guest. Would you care to introduce yourself and uh, tell us who it is that you are and what is it that you do? Hi, Kurt. Uh, my name is Beth May, and generally speaking, I'm a writer and actor. More specifically speaking, I am on a podcast called Dungeons and Daddies, where I play uh, two characters as of late, or I guess technically three. Um, Ron Stampler, um, Cookie the Whippet, and then uh, Scary Marlowe. Yeah, I had to go back and listen to our friend Andrew's podcast because you've done two episodes with him waiting on that three-peat uh, whenever he's not done being busy. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to collect my uh, my uh, jacket or whatever they give the SNL people. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. So, you know, just kind of going back and listening to those uh, interviews that you'd done previously and just seeing the growth and the progression of you in the D&D space, as it were, how do you feel like it's been? I feel like that's a pretty easy lead in to the question as far as like, have you ever played D&D before? <laughs> What's your experience with it and all that? Um, it's been amazing. I, um, I had never played D&D before being on Dungeons and Daddies. That was a, it, it was just kind of a roll of the dice, if you forgive the pun, uh, with my, with my friends and just trying something out that sounded really funny. And then it paid off and I have a total blast doing it. Um, and it's been really wild seeing how it's grown and how, uh, people have like responded to it and stuff like that has just been such a trip. It's been really it's been really great yeah certainly i would recommend if you kind of want more thoughts and insights into the dungeons and daddies podcast from beth's perspective definitely go check out andrew strother's role for persuasion beth may episodes they're really insightful especially how you were talking about in the very first one what it was like playing ron stampler as far as like oh my take on you know kind of being a, a dumb goofy guy but also i could kind of poke holes and jabs at these ideas of what it is to be a toxic masculinity sort of a man person and then coming at it from a different perspective going into the second season of uh, Dungeons and Daddies you're now playing the grandchildren of the original dads uh, from the first season and you're playing I guess a step granddaughter now at this point correct yes it's kind of like a step step grandkid or something a lot of removal but also um thematic closeness going on there so and yeah and shout out to andrew he's such a sweetie pie and he was great to have me on twice so <laughs> just to make sure i want to make sure we mention this as well because you you said that you were a writer and an actor you're a bit of a poet and a playwright am i right Yes, yeah, I put that all under the umbrella of writer, um, and uh, and but yeah, to get specific, um, I've got a book of poetry out called The Immortal Soul Salvage Yard. It's quite a, a mouthful, I know, and it's it seems pretty pretentious, and it is pretty pretentious. That's poetry in a nutshell. But I feel like uh, I feel like one of the the cool things about my book is that it, uh, at least. I've gotten reports that some people who don't really like poetry have been able to stomach my book, and that's uh, that's high praise, high, high praise. So um, I'm really proud of it. Yeah, and I have a couple plays that I've written and just general other the stuff. The envelope, right? Instead of the envelope, it was the envelope, I remember. Right? <laughs> yes, the envelope play, yeah. Yeah. Have you written any more since The Envelope? You know, I actually just, and you're the first person that's hearing about this publicly, but I just finished a screenplay that's, um, and you know, well, it probably will never get made, but uh, I am proud of myself for finishing it. And uh, it's a tough business that <laughs> I am in with, with, you know, trying to get a movie off the ground and yeah like it's likely to never see the light of day but um i will just say it out publicly so that the world knows i finished a freaking screenplay so there (laughs) yeah no it's just so delightful to talk to you because we've only interacted one other time which is when the one time andrew and roll for persuasion had like a anniversary party oh, so yes, all the guests yeah. that had come on you and travis were there travis is my old roommate uh he's he's been on role for persuasion i t- i believe too because he's on um uh 20 sided stories which is a fabulous podcast and travis is just one of my favorite people he's so great 
Yeah. And so I remember being patient and waiting my turn to kind of explain it, what it was. Cause like here it was all these greats in the sphere, Anjali Bamani dropping in and Jason Charles Miller and Travis Frederick and all these people, Ed Greenwood, the lore guy behind the Forgotten Realms. And here I am just like, oh, I'm just a dude from Texas and I have a little weird podcast where I ask people to come on and we do a little interview and then we make up NPCs. And you genuinely, I remember you were like, that sounds really interesting. I should check that out. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, whenever you have an opening in your backlog and voila, here we are. Yeah, um, I I remember I remember that night just a lot of people who um, just have so much experience and to put up with my goofy ass was just <laughs> the best honor. So I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. Well, I think that leads in perfectly to kind of the namesake questions of our show. We like to ask the hard hitting questions here of <laughs> who is your favorite sidekick, whether they're from an RPG, a video game or maybe a piece of literature, a movie, or a television show, a play, etc. And uh, why is this character your favorite sidekick or NPC? Sidekick or NPC, I've got to say, and this is such a specific like movie answer. I'm sorry, it's not a video game answer. But I think that the mayor from Jaws is one of my favorite mm. characters of all time. <laughs> Because, can you elaborate? Yeah, tell yes. us more. It's okay. You can keep swimming on the beaches, people. It's Fourth of yes. July. Let's party it up. I and I think I I love him even more after um, living through the early days of COVID and seeing certain like politicians' responses. To, I'm not I'm not here to get too political, but um, just hearing uh, some people's responses to like mass mandates and stuff like that. But to get back to Jaws, the most important, <laughs> the most important part is um, I love that, you know, structurally he is not the antagonist of that movie, but he's such a good villain. Oh, he's just mm. so, it, he's just um, so clueless in the most nefarious and insidious way. And I just love him to death that he, um, no matter what his, uh, his motives to keep the, the beach open are just so set. And I just, uh, I'm forgetting, I'm blanking on the actor's name that played him but just chews it up and is just wonderful um not a sidekick in the traditional sense but as far as like sub antagonist goes i just love the mayor from jaws interesting yeah you were describing it and i was kind of getting the vibes it just popped in my head from animal house kevin bacon's character yes. at the very end when the parade goes into chaos he's like everything's, <laughs> everything's fine, fine. Yeah. and people are like stampeding past him yeah, yeah that's such a good point And then, of course, the flip side of that as well, what's been one of your favorite side quests, whether it's been from an episode of Dungeons and Daddies or maybe it's a video game or, you know, similar thing with movie or television, a play or et cetera. And uh, why has it been one of your favorite side quests or kind of small B plot sort of moments? Um, I feel like I'm so cliche going for another Spielberg reference. I'm not even the biggest Spielberg fan in the world, but that part in Jurassic Park. He's a good Park, storyteller. He, I mean, oh God, I love him. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, I'm not the biggest Spielberg fan and that there are bigger Spielberg fans than me, but I, he's one of my favorites for sure. I, uh, I just love him. Uh, anyways, so something that I always wanted to see, um, a full movie about a beat, uh, a little beat in Jurassic Park is the, the part where they're like, we clocked the T-Rex at like 32 miles per hour or whatever. I'm like, well, what's the team that's going out there measuring the speed of the T-Rex? Like, I Mm. want the story about those people. 
it's not, you know, quite its own side uh, adventure in and of itself, but it's just a, a small piece of dialogue. But I, I think that's the most intriguing <laughs> sort of okay. beat of that movie for me. Well, you know. It kind of seems like that's what, you know, in the newer Jurassic Park movies that have come out, that's something that like Chris Pratt's character would have done i guess because he's working with the raptors i've only yeah. seen the first of the new ones yeah no so he's you like don't working need to with see the more of those yeah oh, okay in my opinion <laughs> but um uh yeah no that that's such a good point and yeah any just the the team of people <laughs> i i'm just imagining a people people uh lobbed together in a truck just driving and looking at the speedometer or something i mean you know you almost get that scene later when the when the t-rex is chasing the jeep with um with the, t- the Jeff crew. Jeff Goldblum yes. in the back. <laughs> yeah. Go faster. Must, uh, must, must go faster. That's such a good impression. <laughs> I, I try. Yeah, but that's a, a little beeline that I've always been compelled by. And then, you know, we like to close out the personal interview section with the juiciest question of all. What are you passionate about and why? Oh, this is, this might be a little cheesy answer, but I, stories, I'm so passionate about stories. Um, I, when I was little and this seems like kind of made up, it's so saccharine and cheesy, but when I was really little, um, I used to really, uh, just annoy the crap out of my parents by saying, tell me a story about it, about anything. So it's like, we just got back to the grocery store. I'm like, mommy, tell me a story about it. And she'd have to, you know, concoct this (laughs) beginning, middle and (laughs) end. And about well you know we we got in the car and we drove there and it was a bumpy and I I'd be like no twists no twists like if 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 it was going too straightforward I I'd want some some twists and turns to my stories and stuff like that but uh, I mean that's just to illustrate that yeah ever since I was little just um, the craft of turning something into a story even if it's something kind of minuscule or maybe something that people a lot of people don't care about if there's somebody that cares about it um, I think that's incredible and i just i think that stories are here to stay and worth telling yeah i mean even the smallest you know most mundane elements of life there's a story behind everything i think one of my previous guests father tom bombadil talked about how he really liked this little novella that uh, patrick rothfuss wrote about one of the little minor characters there's no dialogue it's all interior thoughts of the character and like the biggest climactic scene from the novella is like she's trying to make soap or find a place where to put like a gear or something in her house but at the same time like the entire story is completely riveting so yeah you being a a little kid asking your parents like oh we just did this you know we just did a trip to the grocery store but yet you were like no i want to hear the story about it tell like make it you know cool and interesting and stuff like that yeah all right well we're off to a great start here so now it's time to head into a segment that i like to call npc creation npc creation is brought to you by you the podcast audience and our patrons from patreon that's right now is the time where we give a shout out to our comfortable patrons and above and we give you all a loud hoorah So to you, Katie Downey, a.k.a. Goblin Katie, we say cheers. This is for patrons who donate $2 or more a month. Katie is our highest tier patron at the wealthy level, so that means she's able to add an element of chance to our random tables in NPC creation, which we might get to use here today. So if you want to join the cheapest podcast Patreon community, be sure to check out the show notes below, go to the podcast website, or just go directly to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests to find out more about our three tiers one two four dollars a month and help us to expand 
our operations at the levitating platter in this demiplane and worlds beyond. Okay. So, uh, we were discussing beforehand that you wanted to test the fates. You wanted to roll the dice, put those <laughs> comedy skills to the test, and see what kind of character we could generate today with the roll of the bones, correct? Yes. Okay, so do I need to pull up a digital dice here? Yes. Or die, rather? Okay. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not Anthony Birch. I'm not going to like overly correct you on terminology or anything. <laughs> yeah. like that. If anything, Anthony is so lax with me. I'm the most clueless person when it comes to uh, most things role playing. So, is it a D20 that we're going to be rolling? The first one, yes. So we got to okay, come up fabulous. with a name for the character. So you just roll the D20, and we'll see what we get. Okay, I got a nat 20. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay, well, your answer was provided by previous guest, uh, Michael Horsley, Benny. Benny. Yeah, Love it. Benny. All right, moving along. The next question here, what is going to be the ancestry of our character? This will involve rolling a D100 or two D10s. Okay, roll D100. 45. 45 as I scroll down the list. A measle. I have no idea what that is. Measles were a murderous, malevolent race of wretched recluses that cared only for wallowing in wistful self-pity. They responded to intrusions on their lonely gloom by killing the offenders or afflicting them with a wicked curse or terrible illness. Yeah, wow. It's Benny's not looking too hot. No, I love this. This is great. Kind of like a furry, furry gremlin, like a a goth ape gremlin sort of scenario. Yeah, kind of getting some Gollum, Schmeagol kind of vibes. Yeah. If he had more hair on his head. <laughs> yes, yeah. The uh, the George Costanza of Schmeagols. <laughs> Moving along here with our rolling randomly, we need to next figure out what is the job or role in society for our measle named benny benny uh, benny that, the measle benny and the measles <laughs> we need to roll just a regular d10 okay one one okay your answer was provided by previous guest jonathan blevins watchman okay so apparently involved in patrol of of some sort of some community yeah and then we need the next roll for the age range of the character. So this will involve rolling a D8 for the age range. D8. Seven. Ancient. So we have an ancient measle okay. named Benny that is a watchman. Okay. Which now, we now we get to take a pause from rolling dice. Describe the physical appearance of your character. So when you hear Benny, watchman, measle, ancient, what are you... Envisioning. Okay, so Benny the measle is uh, is mostly hairy, like most measles uh, that look like hairless golem creatures. But because he is ancient, he is balding up on top. So uh, he uh, he wears a uh, a cabbie hat up on top to hide his bald patch. <laughs> okay, all right, and then uh, I guess here from seeing the artwork, you know like Gollum-esque, you know, with a loincloth. But if he's a watchman, I guess where are we kind of imagining him? Their favorite terrains are marshes in the underground. So are we imagining mm. like some kind of like Fraggle Rock 
underdark <laughs> underground city and he just happens to be part of the guard or something like that i think i like to think that benny works at maybe some sort of underground city's uh donut shop where he makes sure that nobody steals donuts after dark okay it's a it's a town where like um there's a strict donut curfew where you cannot eat uh donuts after um let's say noon okay Probably because like the supplies for donuts are limited, so they don't want people eating them after so late because it's like, oh, if you eat them all, then we're not going to have enough to start for the next day or something. Yeah, that sounds right. Or, you know, maybe there's like a this specific town has uh, has tainted donuts that make people violent or something and they can handle that during the day, but maybe not at night or something. Oh, so kind of like a gremlin situation. Like don't don't feed <laughs> yeah. your mogwais after midnight or else. They'll yeah. Turn into gremlins. Yep. OK. And now if we had to describe Benny with three adjectives, what three adjectives would you use? Oh, okay. Interesting. Let's see. Now the poetry side comes out. Let's see what sort of a <laughs> thesaurus I'll need to figure out these words. I would say problematic. He's problematic. Um, and he's old, definitely old. And then I'm trying to think of a third word that's the least the sourceable word ever frugal he's frugal hmm. yeah okay yeah all right well now we get to go back to rolling dice oh i can't wait the next thing we're going to figure out is what's a valuable item a piece of lore a secret or an ideal or concept the character ascribes to so this involves rolling a d4 first to get the category okay that's a four. Okay, so this is going to be an ideal or concept. Now roll a d6, and we'll figure out which of those it will be. One. One. Okay. Your answer submitted by Fenway Jones of Jasper's Game Day. Always be the best diamond you can be. Wow. I love that for Benny. Okay, so even though he's problematic and old and stuff, yet he wants people to be the best diamond you can be. Can you maybe explain that a yeah. little more? I think that diamonds are created by a like a process of compacting stuff, right? Just like your your heart is a diamond um, because you've been through some some stuff. So I think that Benny maybe didn't have the easiest upbringing and has become a a shining um, unique diamond. Yeah, and a diamond not necessarily doesn't always have to be valuable, or maybe it does. I have no idea about diamonds, but. Um, I I definitely think that they are they arrive that way and they are unique because of the uh, the tough process that got them there. It sounds like we're doing pretty well with the dice rolling. So if you want to roll randomly and determine what's a side quest uh, that Benny would be willing to recruit or hire player characters to go and do, uh, you could roll the last dice, which would be a d12. Or if you're already inspired, you can just kind of improv or riff something. I suppose. I think they've run out of the secret ingredients to make the donuts, and um, yeah, they the the citizens are getting all spun up. You know, gotta have those donuts, and uh, this watchman's having to watch a lot more unruly behavior. So he's gotta he's gotta hire somebody to go get the uh, the donut ingredients to keep this crowd in check. 
Okay. All right. Yeah, that seems pretty reasonable kind of a side quest. So what are we imagining the reward is going to be? Unlimited access to the donut store. So should you want to to pop your head in and get a donut afternoon? Yeah, you you can do that. And um, I'd say that there's probably only a few people who have ever endeavored to to find this ingredient because it's so dangerous. Oh, okay. Let's just say it's a it's a very rare and the ingredient itself is like poisonous or something. Okay, so we're going to kind of leave that up to whoever decides to use this character to invent <laughs> what said mystery X ingredient is. Um. Yeah, sure. Is that the laziest thing? Here, let me try to think. Um, no, I mean, that's uh, fine. I mean, Dungeon Masters can, of course, uh, you know, take all this material, spin it around, change it however they want, and, you know, put it before their groups, or they can use it straight as presented here, so... Yeah, the ingredient is the donut hole, which is this uh, a plant that looks like a butt and a hole comes out of it, a butthole, if you will. And uh, therein is the donut hole, a very deadly ingredient that has many teeth. So deadly, very deadly to get. Uh, the reward is pretty big. So big butthole reward for big butthole danger. I think that covers it, maybe. And are there any, like, properties when it comes to these donuts? Like, if so few people are able to eat them after noontime, and the fact that, you know, this community, like, depends on these donuts in order to, like, keep their collective sanity, as it were, it seems? Yes, I think that the donuts themselves have a calming uh, effect if eaten before noon, and then have a a violence-inducing effect if eaten after noon. And maybe that's down to the validity of the donut hole ingredient itself. Mm. Maybe there's a there's a big butthole explanation uh, by why the plant sort of changes what it does to people depending on the time. So what are the goals and motivations of Benny as a character? Um, let's see. I think that... Benny wants to stop uh, being a watchman and settle down someplace far away from donuts. I I think he wants to work on his Christopher Walken impression and um, maybe have a family. I think settling down is probably his main goal. Okay, so if he's living in the underground and it says another favored terrain of uh, measles is marshes, he wants to... Just get a nice marsh hut. A marshmallow. A marshmallow, yeah. yeah, and get a nice picket stick fence and just live the simple life, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. I like that, yeah. And uh, how do these goals and motivations of Benny affect his general personality? I think he's got an over itness about him. He's too old for this crap. I think that being a watchman in a in a city crazed by donuts is a young man's game, and uh, Benny's not a young a young measle anymore. How does Benny normally interact when it comes to like different groups of people? Is he generally the same across the board, or does he like have nuance when it comes to like different kinds of people, like friends and family, enemies, rivals? people he works with or with whenever he meets player characters i think he's universally problematic universally problematic okay i think he does not get along with anybody Mm. um which makes it hard because i think that he's he's seeking love you know is part of that settling down but it's it's hard when you're a measle with a, a such a curmudgeonly measle at that 
Are there any particular accents or languages that Benny uses? Are there any idiosyncrasies in how he acts or speaks? I think he's got a New York accent, and um, that's been tarred by years of smoking um, whatever is available. And um, so he's got a raspy voice uh, with a earthly New York accent, maybe from watching too many movies or something. I was thinking of the uh, the actor. He was in Mrs. Doubtfire, and then when they did How I Met Your Mother, whenever they did the smoking voice, oh, he sounds like this. Oh, yes. Yeah, that guy, is that what? <laughs> oh, gosh, what's that guy's name? I forget, but you, that's such a good impression of him. Yes. Um, let's see. What impact has Benny made on the world? How has Benny shaped the local area, being a watchman, as it were? I think he's kept that area safe to some degree. He's not letting people in to get the the donuts after noon. Um, he's not letting the, the world descend into chaos when it so easily could. Do you have any current problems that prevent you from being a bigger player on the stage? I think it's that he doesn't get along with people well. I think he needs to learn to um, put his differences with people aside and learn to be more accepting. Well, I think we've painted the portrait of quite the NPC, and now it's time to throw (laughs) Benny into a random encounter. This random encounter is brought to you by Reaper Miniatures. They have been Texas Titans of the tabletop industry since 1994. They're here in DFW, and they've got an amazing warehouse and game store. They make everything from paints to gaming accessories, and they stream on Twitch and YouTube with tutorials and interviews. Whatever system you're running, whatever game you're playing, Reaper has a miniature for you. Every time you shop and spend money with them, at least $40, $50 on your purchase, they're going to give you a cool new mini of the month, and it's always something new, so all the more reason to shop often. I've gotten several gift cards from them over the months that we have had a sponsorship and every time I get one I'm ever so thankful uh, that I can spend my money with a local business and really get some cool minis in the process. I know that on Kickstarter the Reaper Miniatures Bone 6 Tales from the Green Griffin has already wrapped up on that so be sure to you know get plugged into that check out the backer kit if you still want to get involved and get some cool exclusive minis there is a special relief effort miniature that you can get a kenku bard nightingale character it costs 9.99 and of that seven dollars and fifty cents is allocated towards unicef relief efforts for ukraine and uh, if you're listening to this episode by now beth may's episode has already premiered past ReaperCon, so we hope those of you who were able to go had a great time at ReaperCon. We can't wait until next year. So if you visit my website or check the show notes below, you can use my referral link uh, in order to go shopping on the Reapers Miniatures website and support Psychics and SideQuests at the same time. By clicking that link, you're helping to direct traffic towards Reaper Miniatures, and the more that we direct their way, the more that our Texas powers combine. So again, go check out that link. And be sure to follow Reaper Miniatures on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. So this is the part where we do like a short role play, a little vignette to kind of give like a voice, a life to Benny. Okay. So obviously I think Beth has done a wonderful job in creating Benny so she can embody (laughs) Benny. Maybe not necessarily doing the New York smoker voice, but, you know, (laughs) describing what Benny would do and such. But the question becomes, who should I be in the scene? Am I going to be one of my podcast characters that I've invented? Or am I just going to be some random person from the town interacting with Benny? Or or what do you imagine? 
what what does your heart say? What what would you have the most fun doing? Uh, well, certainly I know my podcast NPC characters pretty well. You know, they're like heroic sort of characters. So we've got Duncan, who's the recklessly brave, happy-go-lucky sort of adventurer. We have Sonya. <laughs> that sounds like a good match there. All right. Where we last left our hero, Duncan, he was finishing up with the quest uh, for Jermaine, the troglodyte cartographer, and going back to the Underdark to, you know, deliver the components of the side quest to ultimately get that reward. I know he was looking for the last continent. He didn't have it mapped out, uh, but he brings back the knowledge so that way uh, Jermaine, the troglodyte, can finish drawing it. Um, and it's not that far off from this community that Duncan, you know, feels himself being carried through the Underdark, stumbles across this strange little town, the smell of pastries and other baked goods, namely just one kind of baked good, seems to permeate the air. And he can see everyone has like built little statues. There's artwork that seems to decorate it, but it's donuts. And so Duncan is kind of perplexed. And as he's walking around, he seems to be following the crowd of people as they seem to be making their way probably to this uh, temple, if not sort of a central shop, as it were, that seems to supply these donuts. And so it's very noisy in here, but Duncan's trying to do his best to like just kind of go with the crowd and go with the flow and see what's going on. Uh, and he sees this strange humanoid, you know, seems to be curmudgeonly and like kind of eyeballing Duncan because he doesn't look like he fits here because obviously he's like a, a human and he's outfitted like an adventurer and stuff like that. And so over the, the noise, Duncan will be like, oh, he he hello, hello. Can you help me? Can you tell me what what is going on here? Why is everyone so so? Hey, read the sign. And the sign says, uh, "No donuts after noon." <laughs> okay, and Duncan will pull out like a pocket watch sort of contraption out of his pocket. And uh, what time is it now? It's twelve oh three. Okay. And so Duncan, so Duncan's coming into the shop when people are like trying to argue to still get donuts, but like they're having yes. to like fight them back and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So Duncan's witnessing like Benny in like the throes of his like duties. And so he's like fighting people back and pushing them back and stuff like that, but doesn't seem to be like uh, antagonizing Duncan or anything like that. I think uh, I think maybe because Duncan is at the the head of the line or you know sort of the head of the crowd. I think that um, Benny singles out Duncan is like, I know I know you see everybody else in here, but you cannot you cannot have a donut. Don't even think about it, man. Uh, oh okay okay, and I guess he's gonna just kind of follow the crowd and he will make his way outside the donut shop and he sees like a lot of other people filing out and they seem to be sad and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but Duncan's kind of just like, well, he just feels something in himself saying like, well, wait here and then you'll you'll feel that next pull of adventure. <laughs> and um, after a while, uh, Benny comes out and there's a days without incident sign and he, he flips it over to the next day. So let's say it was like on 20, he flips it to 21 and he lights up a uh, a cigarette or the uh, the fantasy equivalent. And he's like, oh, well, 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 Benny, you did your job again. And so Duncan will turn to Benny and say, what sort of a place is this that everyone gets so concerned about donuts? And Duncan's pointing and looking at all the various signs that seem to like 
worship donuts and Duncan is just a fish out of water. He doesn't understand. This fellow seems like he knows what's going on. So Duncan is uh, relying on his wisdom in this situation. Concern. Try crazy. People just work their way into a tizzy over these uh, these uh, donuts here. And uh, listen, you seem like a nice, amiable fellow. So can I can I lend you in on a little secret? Uh, uh, certainly. Yes, of course. There's not enough to go around. So it's like, you know, I got my normal job of like making sure nobody eats donuts after noon. But now, I don't know, I might have to start cutting back before noon too. Or else somebody's got to go run an errand. And this is a big errand I'm talking about. Not like a trip to the grocery market or whatever. You see Duncan's eyes kind of light up because it's his fatal flaw that when someone tantalizes him with a quest, (laughs) he just can't refuse. And so Duncan's like, the smell of adventure, a quest, danger, you say? Well, well, what sort of need of you of me then, good sir? Uh, Duncan, he says, extending his hand and then very quickly pulling out a business card and showing it to uh, Benny. And when Benny looks at it, it says, Duncan, the recklessly brave, adventurer for hire, happy-go-lucky, no task too big, no feet too small. Benny rips up the card immediately and puts it in his pocket and is like, I'm Benny. I'm the watchman. Ah. Oh, he, Duncan looks a little sad that his business card got ripped up so fast, thinking to himself, like, oh, surely they usually wait a little bit longer to do that. But <laughs> he'll be like, uh, well, well, you you need help. Uh, oh, I'm happy to help you, of course. Yeah, I need help, but not from somebody so, I don't know, puny and, like, insignificant. And you just look like uh, eh, you're not cut out for it. Sorry. Duncan will roll an intimidation check, and okay. uh, you can tell me how intimidated Benny gets, but Duncan is actually fairly well outfitted with, like, a arcane crossbow contraption on his wrist. He's got some <laughs> magically enhanced uh, items on him that increase his strength and dexterity and stuff like that, so he kind of does some flexing, and you actually see, like, Marvel Cinematic Universe-level muscles and stuff like this on this guy, and Maybe Duncan tries to do some feat of strength or something like that to like impress Benny. Like, surely you jest. I am more than capable of doing the job. I don't know. How, how intimidated do you think Benny <laughs> would be by this display? I think he's a little bit intimidated. Uh, definitely more respectful, uh, at least in his, uh, his silent way. Um, I think he, he says something like, huh, well, if you want the butthole ingredient, you can get the butthole ingredient. You want to hear about this quest? Yes, please do tell me. All right, so about like half a day's journey, like, uh, let's see, what is that? North, you're going to find this field, and it's a dangerous field. I'm not talking like, you know, martial arts or teaching or other types of dangerous fields. Like, this is a field field, like a physical, like farm field. And man, is it butthole dangerous. And I don't use that word lightly, the butthole, you know. Uh, I use it pretty seriously. So there's this plant, right? Mm -hmm. And inside is the donut hole. The butthole of the donut, if you will. And uh, that's kind of the the track to our horses, you know. What keeps us running. What keeps us uh, going, so to speak. So basically you need to fight off the plant itself to kind of get this donut hole bring it back here, and then we'll start baking. And that's a whole nother adventure. 
And so Duncan's like trying to roll a nature check and we'll say it's kind of like middle of the road. So he doesn't quite understand or know what the plant is that you're describing. He'll turn to Benny and say, well, Mr. Benny, and he'll hold out his hands and be like, is it like this size of a plant? Or he tries to extend his arms really far and he's like, is it this size of a plant? So you know how your muscles are really big? Plants Mm -hmm. like that, like that big. And Benny like like extends his arms as far as they go like this big and it's not a nice plan it's not something that you collect for your grandma and bring back in a bouquet you know what i'm saying yes okay so duncan will look over his equipment and check it and be like okay so a little bit of um gardening is in order i suppose then yeah uh Hoeing, plucking, whatever you do to get the plant out of the ground. And how many do you need? Hmm, I'd gotta check in with the chefs, but the last person that brought a batch in, he brought only five. We've been Mm. living off that for about five weeks or so. Wow, okay, these do sound mighty large and impressive plant ingredients to get. Okay, okay. So then Duncan will, um, I guess, wait for Benny to confer with the chefs and figure out how much of the ingredients he actually needs. And then uh, once Benny comes back and in his uh, particularly unique way reports what he needs, uh, Duncan will say, will extend his hand in a a show of uh, agreement and say, all right, Mr. Benny, you have a deal. I will go to these fields and I will get these ingredients for you to feed your people. Yeah, I think that Benny confers with the chefs and comes back with the completely arbitrary, but still meaty number of 10. All right. And then with that, uh, Duncan will say his signature catchphrase of onward, and he'll begin his trek out of the Underdark back to the surface to find this field and make battle with the plants. Godspeed. Better you than me. And scene. All right. Well, there we go. So what did you think of uh, getting to be Benny, as it were? Oh, Benny's fun. He's, uh, I, yeah, um, such a, such a cranky dude, but uh, maybe a heart of gold in there. Who knows? With more exploration. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. I will resist every urge to be like, oh, yeah, and surely this Benny character sounds like he'd fit right into an episode of Dungeons and Daddies. <laughs> Because obviously, you know, you all have a, a wonderful Patreon community and just the uh, the spontaneity and ingenuity of Anthony Birch to just seemingly make uh, a throwaway joke into a memorable NPC like Scam Likely. Anthony makes it look so easy and it's not. I'm, I'm just so in awe of him every time. Yes, you and your collective castmates as well, which we didn't even say, but of course, those of you who don't know, I mean, the other illustrious members of Daddies, the acronym D-A-D-D-I-E-S this season, you know, you've got, uh, you know, Will Campos and Matt Arnold and Freddie Wong, of course, uh, the mainstays as well. Yes, yeah, I'm so lucky I get to work with some of my best friends and they're just uh, incomparable, they're incredible. Awesome. Well, you can tell we've entered the final segment of the show, which is final thoughts. So, you know, I always like to check in with my guests and ask them how they thought their time was and, you know, any other uh, sort of concluding thoughts and stuff like that. (laughs) 
Um, this was so much fun. It's definitely a little bit out of my comfort zone, even as somebody who does this kind of thing for a living. But uh, yeah, I, I don't normally uh, improv or do anything outside of uh, Dungeons and Daddies, but you made me feel so at home and so comfortable to do it. So it's been a really uh, a huge blast. I'm glad. And I'm glad I finally got to have you on the show after that little celebratory party call where, you know, it was just so heartwarming to me. You and uh, some of the other guests being like, oh, wow, what you actually do actually does sound cool. Yeah, I'd like to be a guest someday. So that, that makes me happy and fulfilling my own sort of heart uh, and desire when talking about people. I think in the episode with Andrew, I actually said, oh, important people like Beth May and Travis Frederick. <laughs> and, you know, maybe it's OK that they're too big and important to be on my show. But, you know, I've had Travis Frederick and now I've had Beth May. So Hell I feel yeah. like I've won at life. Yep. <laughs> so awesome well i always like to leave the very final moments uh to the guests so your soapbox your platform your stage your microphone is yours so tell us where we can find you on the interwebs you know where can we find dungeons and daddies and support you and your fellow castmates fabulous well again my name is beth may and you can find me on twitter or instagram and then very occasionally tiktok at hey beth may that's hey like you're saying hi beth like my first name may like the month um and uh i'm on a podcast called dungeons and daddies which you can find wherever you get podcasts i have a book called the immortal soul salvage yard you could also just google beth may poetry book and it'll probably pop up <laughs> um if you can't remember the title that's totally chill um let's see what else that might be it um just want to thank you kurt so much for having me it's been a, it's been a great time yeah, and be sure to go to the Patreon as well for Dungeons and Daddies because you have a lot of, you have like a whole plethora of backlog of content of like we one do. shots and all these other things too. Oh, and I I give Freddie all the um all the credit and love in the world for that because um, we make it a a priority to make sure that our patrons are um feel like they're getting their money's worth and that uh, feel you know seen and like the. Uh, they are appreciated because they absolutely are. Uh, it's the lifeblood of the show, and we really appreciate them. Again, Beth May, thank you so much for your time, uh, your generosity, and just being an all-around cool person. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and Side Quests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. Visit our website, sidekicksandsidequests.com, for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit by searching for SideKQ Podcast. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art, stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you would like to hail the bod, simply send an email to sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes to help spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master or you've never played Dungeons & Dragons before, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. And finally, after two years, I've decided to open a Patreon for Sidekicks and Sidequests. If you love this podcast and you want to help us grow, and expand our operations, I would appreciate it if you would go on over to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests. 
No matter your lifestyle expenses, we have wonderful rewards at every level of Patreon membership tier. Your name on the wall of the levitating platter, a loud hurrah on the podcast, or the possibility to introduce an element of chance to NPC creation. Psychics and Psychos is unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property Wizards of the Coast, copyright Wizards of the Coast, LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four! Oh! Psychics and Psychos!